You're listening to a podcast from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. So, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Carnegie Endowment. Uh, my name is Tom Deval. Um, I'll try and keep my comments brief, but it's a great uh, pleasure to welcome you all, and particularly to welcome uh, our two uh, filmmakers and also uh, Tom Graham on my left. We're going to um, have a few introductory comments uh, from our filmmakers, and then we're going to watch the movie. I'm going to ask uh, Tom Graham to uh, make a few remarks and then open it up to you. Um, we're hopefully also going to get, um, he's uh, said he would come, Timuri Yakubashvili, the ambassador of Georgia who was in the film. So hopefully uh, he's just running late and will, and will join us. Um, I, want, I wanted to say... Just personally, it's a great pleasure to have uh, Norma Percy and David Alter here. Norma may not remember, but I think back in 1990, I think my first ever money I earned working on the Caucasus was when I translated. They were running their, putting together their amazing series, The Second Russian Revolution, and I translated uh, some tapes for them. That was back in 1990, so we go back uh, 22 years. I think I, I translated some tapes about um, Black January in Baku. Um, so that really dates us. Um, but uh, Norm is one of the founders of Brook Lapping Productions who really uh, pioneered um, this extraordinary genre of, of sort of mapping and re reconstructing contemporary history through the, through the voices of, of people who lived and shaped it. Um, first of all, the second Ru Ru Russian Revolution, which was really groundbreaking, then the death of Yugoslavia, and then many others. And, and this is this, this uh, series, four-part series, Putin, Russia, and the West, is in that tradition. Uh, the third episode, uh, entitled War, um, and we're basically focusing on the 2008 war with Georgia, uh, but also some very interesting passages on, on missile defense and, and other issues. Um, and with us also is um, Dave, um, Norm is the series producer and series producer or series director? Series producer. Series producer and David Alter, who's the producer and director of this episode. And uh, we're also very lucky to have Thomas Graham, formerly of Carnegie. Um, again, showing my age, I think I first met Tom back in 1994 when I was a junior reporter on the Moscow Times and he was an oracle at the US Embassy in Moscow. Uh, he's. Um, and then he, he later served um, on the, in the uh, Bush administration as the senior director for Russia in the National Security Council, but leaving, I think, as, as he'll remind us, in 2007. Um, so um, um, not having anything directly to do with the events uh, we're going to see today. So I'll just um, give a few, few opening uh, remarks to Norma and to David. Actually, what Tom forgets is he actually came for a job on the Second Russian Revolution right after leaving university, and I foolishly picked uh, someone else who turned out to be Paul Mitchell, who's still working with me. So <laughs> I suppose it, it was they both had pretty good good careers. But um, so what I do, what I've been doing with my colleague Brian Lapping for more years than I'm going to tell you, is to look at big international crises and try and show what it's like inside the room when the really big decisions are made. Um, and we do this by interviewing the people who were there, the presidents, the prime ministers, their aides, uh, and trying to put together a 
multi-sided picture. Now, the first one we were commissioned to do as a small independent company was what uh, Tom mentioned, the Second Russian Revolution. Um, we, this was in 1989, and we turned up in Russia. Uh, and I tried to use a technique that I'd used rather successfully on British cabinet ministers. I said to my first Politburo member, he was called Vitaly Varadnikov, I said, tell me what happened in Politburo the night that you selected Gorbachev as leader. And the look of such complete horror that passed on his face <laughs> at the very idea of telling anybody, telling his wife what happened in Politburo was something to be seen. Um, but, but really, we were very lucky because as we were making the program, Gorbachev's glasnost took hold um, and uh, it was getting more and more open. And by the time we finished the program, they were telling the kind of stories that probably Western politicians wouldn't do. Uh, and it was a very successful series. We went back after the August 19th coup and made two more. Um, and we've been doing things like that ever since. So um, when in 2009 we finished our last series, which was Iran in the West, the BBC suggested it was 20 years, uh, 20 years since the fall of the Soviet Union, 20 years since the series, we should go back to Russia again. Um, what they commissioned us to do this time, uh, the second Russian revolution was very much an internal Russian story about how Gorbachev came to power. Um, this was Russia and the West. So um, I want to say, first of all, what we weren't doing. We weren't doing how Putin came to power. Um, there have been good series about that. Um, my colleague Paul Mitchell made one. Um, and we weren't doing Putin's internal policies. What we were commissioned to do was Putin's Russia and the West, which, which was Putin's Russia and then going on to be Medvedev. So we were looking at um, the relations between Putin and, and the West and only really looking at internal Russia when it impacted on how the West saw Putin. Um, I mean, that's pretty obvious in this series, which is about the diplomacy which led to the war in Georgia in 2008. Um, it was the, this program was in some sense the easiest to make. I mean, it's a sort of ideal story for us, a five-day war and the diplomacy that led up to it. But it was very controversial within the team. I mean, it led to um, arguments that were um, not unlike the ones that happened in the rooms we were showing. David and I went to Georgia, uh, and we often took a different view of the way things ha happened, why things happened, than Paul, who only went to Russia. Uh, so uh, in the end, um, if we've produced a multi-sided account, it came from several arguments. Um, so I just want to say one thing about two books. I mean, I think, of course, the television is a much better way of make, telling history than books. I would, wouldn't I? Um, but, but in fact, this program very much was dependent on two books. Um, one, A Brilliant Guide to the Caucasus by, by Tom Duval, which really, whenever we had a question, uh, had an answer. And I'm told it's very controversial in Georgia, but when we were in Tbilisi, there, it was really selling like hotcakes in the English bookstore. So I'm sure a lot of people read it, read it there. Um, but also a book by Ron Asmus, which is called 
uh, The Little War, War That Shook the World, which is a, a book of wonderful storytelling and great information and really was our Bible we, when we started. And sadly, I've never met him because he died of leukemia before we finished. So it's kind of a, it's a tribute to him. And particularly the Bucharest Summit is, is an account that we started with him and tried to make. So, okay, this is program three. The first one um, was how Putin came to power and established his relations with the West. The second one, which is called Democracy Threatens, is about the Rose Revolution in Georgia and, and particularly the Orange Revolution in the Ukraine. This one's the war in Georgia. And the fourth one is called New Start, very witty title, I thought of it, um, which is about... Um, uh, Obama and Obama's reset and the negotiations for the New START treaty. So, movie. Okay. Um, well, well, we'll save David for afterwards oh. if you have any questions. <laughs> uh, um, hey, so, um, well, that was obviously a tremendous watch, quite a, quite a sobering one as well. Um, we've got just over half an hour. Um, so we'll we'll have a bit of a discussion. Um, I'm sure we could go on for much longer, uh, but um, I'd like to turn to uh, Thomas Graham, um, who obviously, um, as we know, left the the Bush White House in 2007. But but ask you for your reflections on the film and 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 whether you think it, it sort of captured uh, a, um, a good picture of, of those turbulent events. Thank you, uh, and let me uh, thank both uh, Norman and David for what I thought was an excellent, uh, excellent documentary that I've now watched three times. So I, I think I understand more or less the the plot. Uh, as Tom, as Tom said, I, I had left the uh, the Bush White House by the time most of these events took place. Uh, but during my time uh, on the National Security Council staff, I dealt with almost all the American figures. Uh, that you, you, you've seen on the screen, uh, most of the Russian figures as well, some of the Georgian figures. And I think you've captured quite well the quintessence of the, the personalities uh, of all the individuals involved. Uh, I don't think any of them were playing to the camera. They're playing uh, what they really thought uh, at that time. So I think that's an accurate uh, description. I also think that you've hit on the uh, main points in a, in a more or less free uh, and fair fashion, thinking about elections, I guess, as opposed to documentaries. Uh, but the missile defense issue obviously uh, was a big one between the, the Russians uh, and the Americans at that time. NATO expansion. Uh, Kosovo doesn't probably get some of the uh, detailed discussion. It might because it did play, I think, a, a slightly more important role in the, in the thinking of uh, the Russians in particular, and the Georgians, uh, about what might happen uh, as a consequence of that. And I think you've laid out uh, quite well the, the series of uh, events that lead up to the, the conflict in uh, South Ossetia in the summer of, of 2008. If I had one criticism uh, of the documentary, uh, it's one that I think most Western commentary shares. Uh, on this conflict, and that is you wouldn't know that there were South Ossetians and Apaz involved in this conflict. Uh, they're almost absent from the, the picture. Uh, they're treated more or less as if they are Russian pawns. Uh, I actually think that many people in, in uh, the U.S. government at that time uh, thought of them that way. Uh, we, in fact, had very 
a few contacts with the South Ossetians or Abhazs. Uh, for all practical purposes, none uh, of any real substance. Uh, and yet, uh, there is another side to this story that needs to be told, which is that of the South Ossetians and the Abhas, uh, which I think complicates the picture of what was going on, uh, complicates the, uh, uh, our, our picture of, of the Georgians, who are not only victims, clearly victims, uh, in, in many ways of uh, Russian activities, uh, Russian aggression at times, if you will, uh, but also had committed and victimized the Abhas and the South Ossetians from the late Soviet period uh, until, the, uh, until the time of, uh, of this conflict. So I think that's something that needs to be brought into the discussion if we're going to have a clear understanding uh, of what the dynamics were. And I think we know from uh, recent developments in South Ossetia and Abhasia, the, the presidential elections in both of those uh, breakaway public, uh, republics, uh, that they do have views that differ from the Kremlin, uh, that there is some sort, uh, sort of tension, uh, and that's something that needs to be recognized, something that the American administration, the administration I worked for, uh, didn't understand. And we lost many opportunities for a more clever diplomacy, more subtle diplomacy, uh, by not treating them as more autonomous actors in this. Uh, the documentary, to my mind, is quite good in laying out the, uh, the issues at hand, uh, and it doesn't make any real judgments, to my mind. Uh, it lays out fairly the two sides, let them speak uh, for themselves, and it leaves to, to us to, to make decisions as to what we think was really going on, who is to blame, who is in the right, and so forth. Uh, one issue that is of great importance as we try to understand what was going on is really the relationship between the American administration and the Georgian leadership, particularly uh, Georgian President Saakashvili. Uh, and what comes through is that there were some contacts, uh, but I don't think what comes through clearly is the extent of the contacts that the American administration had with Saakashvili at that point. Uh, Saakashvili had Two meetings in the Oval Office with President Bush. Uh, President Bush traveled to Tbilisi in, uh, in May of, uh, of 2005. Uh, this was quite remarkable for the president of what was a fairly small republic uh, that didn't really figure all that large in American strategic uh, interest. There were also numerous phone calls between the two presidents during that period, uh, and a lot of high-level attention uh, from uh, certainly Secretary Rice uh, and others. And as strange as it might seem, that high-level attention really was only episodic. Uh, this wasn't something that uh, the President of the United States or the Secretary of State spent a great deal of uh, time thinking about. Uh, it was always in the back of their minds, but certainly not in the front of their minds. Uh, Iraq uh, clearly uh, was much more of an important issue, the whole war against uh, terrorism. Uh, and what is not shown in the documentary because of the way it's focused is the very intense uh, level of contact and engagement that was uh, conducted at the mid-levels by the U.S. Uh, administration with the highest levels of the, uh, of the Georgian uh, government, uh, including President uh, Saakashvili. Uh, and this was a time, uh, even when I was uh, in the administration, uh, where we had very intense contact. We were working very closely with the, uh, with the Georgians and working out what the diplomatic strategy should be, 
uh, on these two breakaway republics. We were writing some of their position papers. We were out promoting uh, what their positions were in various European capitals uh, in the OSCE. And so the Russians could be forgiven for, for assuming that uh, we were actually much closer to the Georgians uh, than we would uh, like to present uh, in public uh, from time to time. That, in fact, we had become parties to this conflict in the Russian mind. And I think in many ways, in the Georgian mind, we were, uh, we were uh, parties to the conflict as well. Uh, what is interesting uh, is that you see that every senior American official uh, who addressed the issue in this documentary says that we warn uh, Saakashvili continuously about uh, the use of force, avoid it. Uh, you're going to lose, I think uh, Secretary Rice said. Uh, what we don't hear uh, in this documentary is Saakashvili saying, I understand. Um, I got the message. You're not going to send the troops in to help me if I get in trouble. Uh, and clearly, uh, looking back at this, uh, to me at least, Saakashvili was getting mixed signals out of Washington. Uh, he was getting high-level attention uh, he was getting a constant care and feeding by the mid-levels. Uh, and my sense is that he certainly thought that we were, were engaged, that we had some obligation to them. And if he did get in trouble for one reason or another, that he could expect and rightfully expect a much more forceful re uh, response from the United States. As the, as the documentary ma makes clear, as the comments from uh, the American senior leadership make clear, that was never a real possibility. Uh, given the uh, what else we were engaged in, how uh, overstretched our troops were at that point, and the idea that the United States would have gone to war uh, with Russia uh, over Georgia, uh, I don't believe was ever something that uh, the American political leadership uh, considered uh, seriously. Perhaps in the heat of uh, battle in the days around August 7th and August 8th, people looked at that. Uh, but that was a decision that uh, they moved past uh, very, very quickly. Uh, so in, in some, I think a, uh, a very good documentary, uh, a lot to talk about. I think this provides the basis for a very serious discussion uh, of a lot of important issues in U.S.-Russian relations, uh, U.S.-Georgian relations, Russian-Georgian relations, and I hope we would add to the picture uh, the fate of the Abhas and the South Ossetians as well. Thanks, Tom. Um, no more, David. Any, anything you want to... Respond to that. David's turn to. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a, I mean, it's a fair criticism mm. the uh, the lack of the South Ossetians and Abkhazians in the film. Um, to some extent, we did actually do a couple of interviews with the South Ossetian leaders. Um, uh, I think the interviews were probably sacrificed, if that's the right word, to the the broader geopolitical narrative that we were trying to tell. And and to some extent, I guess if you look at the uh, the outbreak of violence in August, it's it's alluded to that there are, uh, rather than overtly stated, that there are uh, other players here, that there's no suggestion that the, um, the August violence was sort of pre-planned and was part of a Russian plot, but that this is something which kicked off and actually probably got away from everybody. But uh, again, it's Russia and the West. I mean, it, it's the South Ossetians and the Abkhazians were, in our story, really um, pawns in the story of Russia and the West. Um, and it is something we debated. We did film them. Um, but really, it's about America and Georgia and Russia. And so they inevitably, as the program went from four hours down to one, um, got left behind.
Maybe one day we'll have the director's cut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I? Um, I don't believe Ambassador Yakabashvili is here, or is he? Um, uh, but I see David. Well, maybe you'd like to make a, make a comment, uh, Dave, David, um, from the um, Jordan Embassy. Um, hi. Good afternoon. I'm Dave Drakoshvili, Deputy Chief of Mission. Ambassador is not in the, in the town, so a uh, couple of things. Uh, First of all, I think that uh, uh, after the release of the documentary, there were a couple of other events uh, that uh, certainly would contribute into the general line, which I think is uh, very clearly communicated in the, in the movie, um, particularly, for instance, the uh, uh, statements by President Medvedev about the um, move to Georgia as the prevention of Georgia becoming uh, the NATO member. And this line, actually, of uh, reasserting, uh, Russia reasserting its power, Russia becoming revisionist, uh, Russia opposing the uh, NATO enlargement, Russia being a uh, country believing that it has more role to play in the international security architecture and pretending that it has to have a say even in controlling uh, your red buttons. Uh, I think that uh, that is um, a picture which would very... Um, kind of uh, clearly uh, complement the line that I personally see in, in the movie. Um, as uh, with regard to the South Sessions and Abkhaz um, participation, I think that uh, it's very accurately reflecting the, the title and uh, that's not about the Georgia internal issues, it's about the Russia and the West and uh, this kind of divergence scenarios that the Russia and the West actually have, unfortunately. Um, now, I would like to see actually more uh, about the the histories that started with Putin coming to the power, which is uh, back to 1990. Uh, and it's not uh, the 2006 when um, Georgian uh, for, uh, authorities have uh, have captured the um, spies. Uh, it goes back to 1990 when Putin came to the power and there were numerous attempts by the Georgian leadership to find the common sense and to find the common area of cooperation. But there were clearly um, no goals from the Russian um, Prime Minister, pre pre President then uh, President Putin. Um, and uh, the precondition of uh, Moscow being cooperative with, uh, with Georgia actually was a seizure of uh, Georgia's sovereignty from the very beginning, appointing the leadership of uh, law enforcement uh, with the consent of the Moscow, having, um, you know, uh, clearly say in Georgia's internal politics. So at some point, Georgia came to the point that the balancing between, you know, the West and uh, between the Russia's, um, uh, Russia's orbit um, makes no sense. That's what uh, actually Shevardnadze's government have been trying over and over. It did, didn't bring any whatsoever result. Uh, and clearly Georgia has chosen the path which um, has been a reason to its punishment. Now, the question here is when we talk about Georgia should not be expecting the help from United States, Georgia should not be expecting uh, United States being more actively protecting its uh, interests. My question is why not? Why not Georgia should be expecting um, more um, kind of um, solid and, um, well, 
kind of clear signals to uh, to those who pretended to, to those who intend to be Georgia's enemies. And that's a question which is, uh, I think, uh, worth to answer. I'm not speaking about the mixed signals. I'm not speaking what the political leadership might have um, uh, interpreted. I'm saying about the reality. Um, and that was all about the um, Georgia trying to become part of West and still trying to become part of West, being uh, aspired to the NATO. I think that uh, if West would collectively, West would uh, be more clear in their positions if uh, the uh, leadership in the United States, in uh, some other European countries, would clearly not become um, manipulated by the Russia's demand not to let Georgia into Bucharest, I think we would avoid the war in 2008. Thank you. Thank you, David. Um, let's collect um, a few, <coughs> please, just one comment or, or question per person. Let's just collect three or four and, and direct them to any uh, member of the panel. Um, let's, let's start from the back. Oh, sorry. Beat you to it. <laughs> Anton Fidyashin, American University uh, History Department. Um, my question is for uh, our filmmakers. Uh, Ms. Percy, you seem to have uh, suggested in the beginning that there was a bit of creative tension as you were putting this together. Could both of you speak a little bit more about that? Because uh, since you're here, you volunteered, we want to put you on the spot. And I'd love, love to hear if, if you divided uh, along the Georgia-Russia uh, issue or U.S. <laughs> issue. Probably okay. made a great documentary because of it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, Alex. Hi, Alex Van Oss, Foreign Service Institute. <clears throat> Picking up on Mr. Graham's last point, remind me of the opening moments of the documentary. Was it hinted, with the suspenseful music pounding away, that America almost went to war with Russia over this, or am I not remembering correctly? Okay, thank you. On the other side of the aisle, we've got one more. Uh, hello, um, my name is Vasil Jayani. Um, I work with DC government. I have, um, I'm from Georgia. I'm not working in international relations, but as a Georgian, I was quite passionate to, you know, watch this movie. And I appreciate the factual nature of the movie and the way it was laid out. And instead of hearing pundits and experts uh, kind of speculating what was going on, we actually heard from actual decision makers. And if I had one criticism about the movie, that was a very critical point from, you know, uh, kind of uh, the movie, uh, the documentary was kind of neutral in assigning blame or assi uh, assigning, uh, judging who was right or wrong. But there was one um, uh, at the end of, um, uh, uh, it was mentioned that uh, George's or Saakashvili's gamble failed and it felt like there was something that Georgia was deliberately planning and Georgia was uh, intending to attack instead of being put in a situation when Georgia was under stress and there were like a couple of options. Basically, um, try to, you know, not to respond to the aggression and be kind of good um, uh, or, you know, responsible players on the world scene by being kind of, you know, peaceful or do what you know what happened basically move in and engage okay. in the military Good. In the military operation Thanks. thank you um, um, I mean just taking that last 
point first. I think what we mean meant by the George's gamble failed is really relates to the um, the interview excerpt from Sakashvili uh, on the just before he makes in yeah. the film before sure. he makes his Sorry, decision. Read, read it. I circled it. it. I circled it. <clears throat> we thought that you know at least we could win some time, hold back the Russians for some time, and hopefully the international community would wake up and see. We concentrate our efforts, we would get some kind of reversal. So, I mean, this is one of, that's the answer to your question about one of the things we fought about was whose fault was the war? Um, who provoked who? Uh, was Saakashvili so stupid as to think that he could take on Russia and win? Um, and I think that little bit of speech um, gives an insight into his mind. I mean, we thought we could hold back the Russians for some time and hopefully the international community would wake up and see and come in and help us. Um, so it was a gamble which in this case failed. That's what we meant by that. Oh dear, the ambassador to NATO. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. There was a question about the kind of the opening... Uh, the, the the suggestion, or uh, it may have been received, the suggestion in the in the in the opening sequence. Um, I think we can probably hold our hands up to a, a bit of um, dramatic license there. In that that sequence is a is a tease for a story which is told more fully uh, in the chronology of the film. At which point it 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 does become clear that the um, what Steve Hadley is saying about um, this is this is what it would require, this would require ground troops to save Tbilisi, is placed in the context of how he was, he was putting that. And I certainly, all of the participants in that meeting that we spoke to um, gave us a pretty clear sense that it was being discussed in order to, to, re to be rejected. Yeah. In fact, I mean, the one thing that broadcasters put pressure on you, I'm afraid, is to make it exciting in the beginning. <laughs> um, and each of the programs in the series starts with a very exciting bit that when you get to it in the context of the program is um, much more nuanced, but it keeps you watching and uh, you don't go and make the tea. So I, I, think, I think that's true. I mean, I think we did slightly oversell it in the pre-title, but we get it right at the end. Um, just very briefly, I'll come back to the, uh, uh, the Assetians once again. Go back and look at the conversation or the, um, the segment with Frieden Karasin talking about, uh, I guess that must have been the early days of August, uh, when there was violence was escalating. Uh, and Fried clearly believes that Karasin uh, and the Russians can handle the South Ossetians. Um, you know, I went and uh, told Rice that um, I had this conversation. Uh, Karasin uh, seemed to understand the gravity of the situation. He would take care of it for us. Well, well, he didn't, uh, and he didn't because the South Ossetians have some different views on how uh, things might play themselves out. Again, I think that's uh, it's not simply an internal affair when you're looking at Russia, Georgia, uh, and the West. It's an integral part of this. On NATO expansion. Uh, the issue here uh, really is one of the wisdom of policy uh, and how you go about pursuing things in, uh, uh, in the specific time frame you're dealing with. Uh, we can have discussions over whether NATO, uh, NATO expansion made sense. We can have discussions over uh, how the United States uh, should have pursued that uh, in uh, the Bush administration. Uh, but we also know quite clearly that the Russians said it was a red line. Uh, and you can't go around saying, uh, as the mantra was in the administration, no one has a veto, and certainly not Russia, 
over NATO. Uh, well, they had a practical veto. It was called the use of force. Uh, and you need to recognize that, and you need to uh, temper or, or shape your policy to take into account what the reactions uh, of other major players might be. It may be wrong, you may dislike it, but it's a reality that needs to be dealt with. And the failure of the American administration at that time to take seriously what the Russians were, were telling them, I think, led to what became a tragedy for Georgia, became a tragedy for the United States policy in that region. Uh, I think in retrospect, looking back at it, uh, it hasn't been great for the Russians either. Thank you. Let's um, come to the front. Uh, so we've got Dick Myers, um, former ambassador in Georgia, for those of you who don't know. No, thank you. Well, it was a great film, uh, and I enjoyed it. It gave you kind of a you were there uh, aspect. You felt like you were sitting across the table from some of these people while they were talking to you. It was very nicely put together. Your choices of words were good. The filming was good. Um, and Tom's comments, I thought, also were uh, quite useful in adding a little bit of balance maybe to the film. And I, I was present during uh, President Bush's uh, May 2005 visit to uh, Georgia, and you, and you might have picked up on that visit a little bit because privately he made several uh, very strong statements to Saakashvili and to uh, uh, his assembled uh, security people about uh, the non-use of force in trying to deal with the Abbas in the South Ossetian situations. And he was quite specific about the fact that as he put it uh, in good Texan uh, language, I guess, uh, if you tangle with the uh, Russian army, the U.S. cavalry will not come riding to your rescue. So there really need not be any ambiguity about American uh, military involvement in that kind of a situation. The only um, addition that I would like to have seen in the film, and I know you can't put everything into a film, uh, but you, you were very good in, in adding the, uh, the Merkel element, the Sarkozy element, uh, the European angle in general. It was really excellent. Uh, but you didn't really say anything about the um, United Nations Military Observer Group in Abkhazia or about the OSE observers in uh, South Ossetia um, and nothing about the Tagliavini report, which uh, if anyone wants to uh, have, I think, a definitive word on who did what to whom and when and does assess blame but assesses it pretty much all around, the Tagliavini report will do it. And you can see it on it the internet. It was our Bible. It's available. it's available on the internet yeah. so anybody can read it. And uh, it's an excellent, I, like, I know her and she's a great woman, but it's also an excellent report, very well written. Anyhow, congratulations. I think in general it's quite a, quite a good film. It was what we used when we were having these arguments. We would we would go for the report, and that would, that would settle that would settle the argument. I should have said that this is program three. Program two deals with the Rose Revolution and a bit of the beginning of the Georgia Saakashvili story, and we do cover in not enough detail George Bush's um, visit to Georgia in the second film. Well, it was Tell you what went on in those well, in, in a sense, I guess all of these films are always about making choices of which meetings best represent often the, the, the similar themes and similar messages being repeated. And, I, and I, certainly for us, I think that but partly because of where it falls into our narrative, but that dinner with, uh, with Condi in July um, really is emblematic of a number of meetings that we researched in detail throughout 2008 where people from the president down were, were, were giving them the same message. The only factual comment I would make is, of course, as they looked out of Tbilisi, that uh, shiny bridge had not been built yet. But that's, <laughs> 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 we know that. <laughs> um, 
Gerard Toll has a, has a comment or question. Yeah, I just have a, a comment, which is to contrast the death of Yugoslavia, where there's a real emphasis on localized quality of uh, uh, geopolitics, the, um, the discussion of Knin, for example, Minan Babic, and all of those local actors uh, really added to that series. Here you don't get that. And I guess one of the things philosophically that you have to work out is if you want to be in the room, often those rooms are not going to explain everything that's going on because there's local actors with their own particular agendas and their own particular complicated situations. And in South Ossetia, as you probably know, the geography is very complicated there. It's a lot of uh, tension between the, the was with the Georgian villages that were to the north uh, of Skin Valley uh, and so on and so forth. And I do think that in one sense you're perhaps losing something by just focusing on the, what's in the room when you're dealing with the major players rather than these local players. Ron Asmussen's book doesn't have Ossetians in the index. It's not mentioned at all. Tom's does mention that kind of localized quality. Okay. Well, the, the two things, can I answer that? Answer okay. Let's just uh, take a follow-up because right. we're a bit yeah. short of time um, and then give you a chance to respond. I'm Robert Chaitza. I'm just a Georgian. Anyway, going back to this issue of Ossetians absent from the, from the movie, I think the criticism was that it, you know, by taking them out, you don't provide enough background. And then the defense was that, well, you know, it's not really so much about Ossetians, but it's about Russia versus US, or versus the West. But I think with the fact that you took them out kind of creates a chronological break. You know, you describe the events up to the war, and you're saying, okay, in July, Kandariza Rice comes to Georgia, and she tries to calm down Saakashvili. Then you say there is all this back and forth between US, the West, and the Russia. And then you suddenly say, and there is escalation of shooting between Ossetians and Georgians. And it doesn't explain why. And I think the reason is many of us in Georgia at least feel that, that the local Ossetian leadership was actually interested in having escalations remaining in place. And that's what okay. the reason why the things happened. Right. And just by omitting this thing, you, you're actually creating a break and the story does not unfold very clearly. Thank you. Anything you want to come back on there? Whatever you're about to do. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say about d uh, local versus I mean, domestic policy versus international policy. Um, when we made the second Russian Revolution, it went into r internal Russian politics in the sort of detail that the death of Yugoslavia did um, as well. Um, there were eight programs in the second Russian Revolution, and it, I think it probably had you know one or two um, foreigners in it. It was the story of Gorbachev and the end of the Soviet Union. Um, the um, death of Yugoslavia was the same. We made the second series, The Fall of Milosevic, um, about the Kosovo War and the fall of Milosevic, and that was an international story. Uh, and in this case, we chose to make the international story. And you can only, if you're going to concentrate on meetings and go into them in detail, you have to choose what your focus is. So I think we always go into the rooms where the top decisions are made. It's just which decisions. Um, the other thing, I mean, the thing you can say about these programs and their disadvantage is that the people who are there have to be interviewed. And sometimes when it's a choice of meetings, I'm afraid we, we choose the meetings where we've interviewed people. And we hope we've made them emblematic. Um, but there's someone, people, for example, Matt Breiser, who we spent a lot of time talking to off the record, who was one of the people who did this lower level diplomacy as the war was hotting up, wasn't able to take part because he had just 
just become ambassador to Azerbaijan and the government thought that he shouldn't be appearing in a program about the region. And so, so we couldn't film him and some of the very interesting conversations that he told us about and that we knew the other side of, um, we didn't use. But I mean, but we all felt like the ones that we chose were emblematic of, of the situation. Okay, I think okay. we've got time for just one more question. This gentleman in the front has been waiting patiently. Uh, Robert Hunter, National Defense University. I had the honor to uh, have a State Department contract to help educate the new uh, National Security Council for uh, Georgia on both with uh, when Dick Miles was there on both sides of the Rose Revolution. And I want to join him in complimenting the team on this extraordinary film and also all the films that Norma does. Uh, I just wish we had the capacity to do this kind of thing in this country. Uh, we'd be better educated. Uh, I thought the most insightful comment in uh, how this came about came from, of all people, Gordon Brown. Uh, I was in Bucharest at the time, and when I saw that they made a declaration that uh, Georgia and Ukraine would join NATO, I yelped, because that was the moment of commitment to alliance. In fact, the film has one major technical flaw when it talks about Georgia as a U.S. ally. It was not a U.S. ally. It, uh, Saakashvili thought it was an ally and stuck the bear in the eye with a sharp stick. And Putin was determined to push back on Bucharest. And this was a war in the making because people had stupidly believed that they had to honor the President of the United States' uh, a desire to have a map uh, for, for Georgia and Ukraine without understanding the consequences. Uh, the fact is that when a push came to shove, there was not one single NATO ally that was prepared to treat Georgia as a country that could join NATO. Not, not one. And uh, Saakashvili uh, misunderstood that. I also found quite revealing in this film what I would consider the amateurism of Secretary Rice throughout. Uh, some of the comments she made, I just couldn't believe. Uh, one thing she should have done if she'd uh, had any guts is when she was kept waiting in the Kremlin for all those hours, she should have gotten up, walked out, and flown back to Washington. Instead, she demonstrated that she was a patsy. Sorry. Uh, Georgia lost. The United States didn't lose. The big loser in this was Russia. Trust but verify. Nobody's going to trust Russia in the same way again. Uh, I just hope the next time American diplomacy will be a little more sophisticated than this utter blunder was. And I hope we realize that it's in our interest to have a different president in Georgia, something we and the Russians could probably agree upon. Uh, Norma, congratulations once again on a superb film.